In uncertain days, it is important to remember that our world is getting ready to meet God. We are all getting ready to meet Him. The King is coming. Today, we join Scott Pauley in walking through the final book of the Bible, the revelation of Jesus Christ. Our Lord is the master teacher. He, he often uses pictures, symbolism, to help us see what He's saying. In other words, we couldn't comprehend it. We couldn't wrap our minds around it unless He gave us something that we could visualize. Revelation's full of that, and we've come now in our study to two chapters that go together, Revelation 17 and Revelation 18, and both chapters revolve around one subject. And that one subject is Babylon. You know the name? Babylon, of course, is famous in history. The first time that it is ever mentioned is all the way back in the book of Genesis, in the first book of the Bible. In fact, you remember in Genesis chapter 10 uh, that uh, uh, the Tower of Babel was the place, meaning confusion, confounding of languages. It was the place where all of these governments, world governments, were really set in motion. And there was a division, there was a separation. And so Babel and Babylon from its very inception is connected to a fleshly life, the world's way without God, no thought of God. And then if you come forward through history, you'll remember that there was a literal place called Babylon. And you can read about that. In fact, the Bible tells us that ancient Babylon dominated everyone. Uh, ruled the world until a man by the name of Cyrus, king of Persia, came and he diverted the water of the Euphrates River enough so that his armies could enter into Babylon and overthrow them. Now, if that sounds vaguely familiar to those of you who've been studying with us, you'll remember that God said there's coming a day that the river Euphrates is going to be dried up and the armies are going to march across the dry riverbed uh, to a great battle known as the Battle of Armageddon. History repeats itself, doesn't it? And this time it's not Cyrus, king of Persia. This time God is going to dry the river up. And so there is a, a future connection to Babylon and to conquering and to the river Euphrates. So we know that there is a Babylon historically. Now when you come to Revelation 17 and 18, we're looking at Babylon prophetically. This is not uh, simply the, the uh, revived Babylonian empire. No, there's a great symbolism here. Babylon symbolically represents for us idolatry, rebellion, the world without God. And it's so important in God's, in God's book, Revelation, the last prophecy, that He gives two chapters to it. In chapter 17, He deals really with Babylon as a system, a religious system and a political system. And then when you come to chapter 18, He deals with Babylon as a city, as an actual place. And we'll come to that, but let's read just a little bit of the opening verses in Revelation 17. The Bible says, And there came one of the seven angels, which had the seven vials, and talked with me, saying unto me, Come hither, I will show unto thee the judgment of the great whore that sitteth upon many waters, with whom the kings of the earth have committed fornication, and the inhabitants of the earth have been made drunk with the wine of her fornication. So he carried me away in the spirit into the wilderness. And I saw a woman 
sit upon a scarlet-colored beast full of names of blasphemy, having seven heads and ten horns. If this sounds like pretty strong language, it is. God is describing for us Babylon, this world system being ruled by the Antichrist, uh, this system that is reigning over the peoples of the earth. And he describes it in this way, a woman riding a beast. Uh, the woman here is a harlot. He refers to her as a whore. The idea here is certainly that uh, there's a lack of purity. Uh, sexual sin, of course, goes along with this, this idea of fornication. But it's more than that because the Bible says that she has a relationship with all the kings of the earth. The idea here is uh, this kingdom has no faithfulness to truth and righteousness and certainly not to God. Instead, she belongs to anybody that will throw in with her. Uh, she is building a, a confederacy against God. Could I remind you what the Bible says, though hand join in hand, the wicked will not be unpunished. So she can get all the kings of the earth together if she wants to. And uh, this, this woman, this religious woman, is riding, the Bible says, a scarlet-colored beast. Uh, this is a picture, of course, of the kingdom of Antichrist, his political system, his rule, his reign. So Babylon pictures for us a worldwide kingdom that combines religious and political. May I say to you, there's always a danger, always a danger, when we allow things to get muddied. God is the one who, who builds institutions and each have their own divine purpose in the good providence of God. Satan is a master at confusion and chaos, and so he's blending together here religious ideas and political ideas, but all of it is being satanically driven. This is a picture for us, Revelation 17 and 18, of the last world kingdom, the last empire this world will know before the Lord sets up His kingdom forever. And it is a kingdom ruled by the Antichrist. It's very descriptive. Read Revelation 17. It's not a long chapter. It's only 18 verses long. Uh, but here are a few highlights. In verse number 4, we find that this kingdom is very wealthy. The Bible says the woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet color and decked with gold and precious stones and pearls, having a golden cup in her hand full of abominations and filthiness of her fornication. So there's lots of riches. May I remind you, just because there's prosperity doesn't mean there's spirituality. And just because there's money doesn't mean it's the blessing of God. In verse number 5, we see a picture of impurity. The Bible says upon her forehead was a name written, by the way, this is in all capital letters in Revelation 17. Mystery, Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots, and abominations of the earth. Abomination is God's strongest word for sin. It's a picture of her impurity. Then in verse number 6, her persecutions. And I saw the woman drunken with the blood of the saints and with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. And when I saw her, I wondered with great admiration... So what's she doing? She's persecuting the saints. In verse number 8, we see who the leader is. And the leader is referred to here as the beast. We've identified already this is the Antichrist. And the Bible says of him in verse number 8 that he ascends out of the bottomless pit and he goes back into perdition. Let me say it this way. He came from hell and he's going to hell. And in between, he's going to do all of the damage he can while he's on earth. In verse number 9, we have the location of Babylon, at least the center of it, the government of it. The Bible says in verse 9, now Here is the mind which hath wisdom. The seven heads are seven mountains on which the woman sitteth. 
There's one city known in this world historically as the city of seven hills. It's the city of Rome. Do you see here the combination of religion and politics? And Rome is the capital of it all. And then in verses 10 through 13, you have all these world leaders convening together with the Antichrist. And before it's over, they're all going to turn on one another. And all of them, of course, are against Christ. Why am I showing you Babylon? I'm showing you Babylon because I want to remind you that the kingdoms of this world someday are going to become the kingdoms of our Lord and of His Christ. That's what the Bible says. Listen to verse 14. These shall make war with the Lamb, and the Lamb shall overcome them. For He is Lord of lords and King of kings. And they that are with Him are called and chosen and faithful. Friends, you can make war against God if you want to. You can be His enemy if you like. But I want you to know that's never a battle you're going to win. Not now and not ever. Satan can't win it. The Antichrist can't win it. And no one can. I hope and trust today that your hope and confidence is not in men, not in this world system, not in earthly kingdoms, but in the King of kings and the Lord of lords. The purpose of all Scripture is to see God. In Revelation, the curtain is pulled back and we are reminded not to simply look at world events, but to look to Christ. We hope you will join us next time as Scott Pauley continues our study through this amazing book of the Bible. You may also join us right now for additional studies and a library of helpful resources at enjoyingthejourney.org. You will find several new features at our online home, and we trust they will be a blessing to you as you walk with God. Plan to visit us each day at enjoyingthejourney.org, and we look forward to returning to Revelation on our next broadcast. Keep your eyes on Christ and look up. The King is coming.